Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Today, you are going to discover 14 improvisational lines, improvisational ideas that embody the improvisational approaches of jazz great Keith Jarrett. You're going to learn how to construct improvisational lines that stylistically reflect Keith Jarrett's approach to improvising. And you are going to play 14 improvisational lines, improvisational ideas that strategically explore the entire sound from the root through the 13th. So as I always like to say, regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, an advanced player, or even if you are an experienced professional, you are going to find this Jazz Panel Skills podcast lesson presenting 14 Keith Jarrett exercises, part two, designed to help you develop improvisation vocabulary. You're going to find this episode to be very beneficial. If you are new to Jazz Piano Skills, if you are a new listener to the Jazz Piano Skills podcast, I want to personally invite you to become a Jazz Piano Skills member. Visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about the abundance of jazz educational resources and services that are available for you to use. For example, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you have full access. 100% complete access to all of the educational podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, the play-alongs that I develop for every podcast episode. You have access to the sequential jazz piano curriculum, which is loaded with comprehensive courses, all of them using a self-paced format, educational talks, interactive media, video demonstrations, play-alongs, and more. As a Jazz Panel Skills member, you also have access to the online weekly masterclasses, which are, in essence, one-hour private online lessons with me every single week. And as a Jazz Panel Skills member, you also have access to the private Jazz Panel Skills community hosting a variety of engaging forums, podcast-specific forums, course-specific forums, and, of course, general jazz piano forums as well. And last but certainly not least, unlimited, private, personal, and professional educational support is at your fingertips as a Jazz Piano Skills member whenever and as often as you need it. Again, visit jazzpianoskills.com to learn more about all of the educational opportunities and how to easily activate your membership. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to let me know. I'm always happy to help in any way that I can. Okay, let's discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Let's discover, learn, and play some more Keith Jarrett exercises, part two. Some more Keith Jarrett improvisational lines and ideas that capture his improvisational approach, both theoretically and stylistically. But before we jump in, I want to take a few minutes to recap our journey over the past two months, because we have covered a ton, and I mean a ton of ground. We started back in April with a thorough exploration of inverted melodic shapes, inverted minor, inverted dominant, and inverted major shapes. And this exploration, this journey, illustrated the importance of knowing inversions, not just harmonically, but melodically as well. We are typically taught inversions as various ways to play chords harmonically so that we can easily move from one chord to the next chord utilizing minimal motion. And this is indeed a legitimate function of inversions. However, if this is the only 
justification for learning inversions that students are given, then jazz educators sell them, inversions and students, short by failing to address what one could easily argue and justify as even a more important role of inversions. And that is to equip jazz musicians, you and me, with essential melodic shapes needed for developing jazz vocabulary, for improvising. And this is what we spent the entire month of April doing, studying the inversions melodically using ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion. And as if that wasn't enough to tackle, we incorporated the use of enclosures to add ornamentation to the inverted melodic shapes. Or as I like to say, we camouflaged the scales and arpeggios so that so that they do not sound like scales and arpeggios. So after a thorough exploration of inverted melodic shapes using ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion with added enclosures, we applied our new jazz piano scale to the most common and without question the most important chord progression in all of jazz, the 2-5-1 progression. In other words, we placed the jazz piano scale, the, the inverted melodic shapes, into a musical context. And then we took it a step further and devoted an entire podcast episode to exploring the 2-5-1 progression with the inverted melodic shapes using ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion with enclosures. <laughs> to the classic jazz standard by Juan Teasel, Perdido. Wow. <laughs> what an exploration. What a journey it has been since the start of April. But guess what? We didn't stop there. Oh, no. There was still more unfinished business to address. So two weeks ago, we accepted the challenge to answer an obvious question that would be asked by any self-respecting jazz aficionado. And here's the question. Do jazz pianists actually think in terms of ornamented ascending and descending arpeggio and scale motion when improvising? Great question. Well, to answer this question, we analyzed the solo transcription performed by one of the most influential jazz pianists of all time, Mr. Keith Jarrett. The solo on the tune four from the My Foolish Heart album recorded in 2001 confirmed that ornamented ascending and descending arpeggio and scale motion is without question an improvisational approach used by professional jazz pianists when soloing. And in fact, one of the most striking revelations revealed from the analysis of the Keith Jarrett transcription was his ability to seamlessly blend arpeggio and scale motion. In other words, his ability to begin a melodic idea with arpeggio motion and then effortlessly transition into scale motion to complete his musical thought, or vice versa, to begin his musical thought with scale motion and conclude his musical phrase with arpeggio motion. This musical revelation, as with all musical revelations, should lead us to the formulaic and methodical development of exercises. Exercises that will help us successfully develop jazz vocabulary. So last week, we devoted the podcast episode to playing exercises that intentionally blended ascending and descending scale and arpeggio motion from the root of the musical sound to the ninth of the musical sound. And why the ninth? Because 
another revelation that we discovered in the transcription, the Keith Jarrett transcription, was his love for the sound of the ninth. So, for example, we developed exercises that would begin with scale motion played to the seventh, followed by arpeggio motion to the ninth. Then scale motion to the fifth, followed by arpeggio motion to the ninth. Then scale motion to the third, followed by arpeggio motion to the ninth. So the methodology, the approach, was to successfully, continually shrink our scale motion while expanding our arpeggio motion. We then reversed the same formulaic and methodical approach to continually shrink arpeggio motion while expanding scale motion. So, all of our hard work over the past two months has led us beautifully to our lesson today, our grand finale, which we will discover 14 improvisational ideas, 14 improvisational lines that embody the improvisational approaches of Keith Jarrett. And in doing so, learn how to construct these type of exercises, these types of lines or ideas that stylistically reflect Keith Jarrett's approach to improvising. And of course, we will play the 14 improvisational lines, 14 improvisational ideas, through the entire sound, from the root through the 13th. How cool is this going to be? So the agenda for today is as follows. Number one, I am going to present 14 improvisational lines, improvisational ideas, modeled after Keith Jarrett's approach to improvisation. Using ascending and descending arpeggio and scale motion with enclosures. Number two, each improvisational line, each improvisational idea will be introduced rhythmically using various combinations of quarter and eighth notes, quarter eighth patterns, which is predominantly what Keith Jarrett uses as the transcription illuminates. Take a look at that transcription again and you'll see he uses all quarter note and eighth note ideas, rhythms. Number three, I will play two improvisational lines, ideas, from each note of the sound, from the root, the third, the fifth, the seventh, the ninth, the eleventh, and thirteenth. One idea using ascending motion, and one idea using descending motion. This jazz piano skills lesson is going to be a huge step forward for all of us wanting to discover, learn, and play melodic ideas that are, that are authentically jazz. So before we dig in, if you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, take a moment right now to download and print the lead sheets for today's episode. All of the melodic ideas, all the improvisational lines and ideas that I am going to demonstrate today are laid out for you. You're going to want to have those in front of you as I go through each one. All right? So here we go. Improvisational line, improvisation line or idea number one. The very, well, before I play, everything today is going to be modeled. I'm going to use C minor, the C minor sound again for all of the demonstrations today, C minor. And the tempo that I will be playing is 140, which is it's kind of a snappy tempo. I'm doing that more for the sake of time than anything else. I would encourage you to use the play-alongs again that are included in the podcast packets, which uh, provide you with a variety of play-alongs utilizing various tempos. So you want to practice slowly, and you want to practice at a, a utilizing a wide range of tempos as well. Okay, so here we go. Improvisation line or idea number one. 
It's going to use a combination of quarter and eighth notes. And it's going to sound like this. Here, here's the rhythm. All right? So if you're going to count that, one, two, and three, four, and. Pretty straightforward. Now, I'm going to take that rhythm, and I'm going to create a little melodic, a little improvisational idea utilizing that exact same rhythmic pattern. And here's the idea. So I'm starting on my root. I'm encircling my third. And then I resolve it back to the root using scale motion. That line is this rhythm. Right? Okay, so now let's place it in a musical context, in a musical setting. So let's bring the ensemble in and let's check it out. Here we go. Now you have the idea for today. I'm always going to present first the rhythmic pattern using a combination of quarter and eighth notes like Keith Jarrett, and then turn that pattern into an improvisational idea or melodic line. All right. I will always uh, play the rhythmic idea from the entry point of the improvisational line. So in this case, it was the root. And I'm going to do the root again now with a descending line. So again, our rhythmic pattern is... Right? One, two, and three, four, and... My melodic idea is... So I start on my C. I'm using scale motion down to my A. I'm using my A and F sharp to encircle the G, the fifth. And then I resolve it on the tonic on the root C again. So the idea is all built from this rhythmic pattern. Okay, so let's bring the ensemble in. Let's place this improvisational idea, this improvisational line into a musical context, into a musical setting. So here we go. Let's check it out. Okay, so now on to the third of the sound, which is the note E flat. So now I'm going to reverse my rhythmic idea. I'm going to place the eighth notes on counts one and three, followed by quarter notes on counts two and four. So the rhythmic pattern sounds like this. One and two, three and four. My melodic idea, my improvisational line. Nice. Scale motion from the third to the fifth. Then I'm going to encircle the seventh, the B flat, using an A and a C. 
put it all together. Nice idea. So now let's bring the ensemble back in and let's check this out. Let's place this rhythmic pattern and this improvisational line, this improvisational idea, let's place it into a musical context, into a musical setting. Here we go. Let's check it out. shabby, right? In other words, we don't have to overcomplicate this to create this. We don't have to overcomplicate this process to create really nice improvisational lines, improvisational ideas that are authentically jazz. So for the next idea, for the next line, the rhythmic pattern again is going to remain on the third, one and two, three and four. But now I'm going to create a descending line. So I'm going to start on my third, my E flat. I'm using scale motion down to the note D, arpeggio notion to the seventh, B flat. And now I'm going to encircle my fifth, my G, with an F sharp and an A. So I get nice idea again. Tremendous. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's place this improvisational idea descending from the third. Let's place it into a musical context, into a musical setting, and see what we think. Here we go. Let's check it out. So now, on to the fifth of the sound, the note G. Now my rhythmic pattern, I'm going to have two quarter notes, quarter notes placed on counts one and two, followed by eighth notes on counts three, a pair of eighth notes on count three, and a pair of eighth notes on count four. So the rhythmic pattern sounds like this. One, two, three, and four, and. The improvisational idea, the improvisational line, sounds like this. I'm using scale motion from the fifth up to the seventh. And then I'm going to encircle the root with a B natural, followed by the note D, resolving to the note C. So here it is again. Nice. One more time. Great little motif. Great little improvisational idea. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's drop it into a musical context and see what we think. Here we go. Let's check it out.
really nice idea. Now, staying with the fifth, staying with our same rhythmic pattern. Again, one, two, three, and four, and going to play a descending line starting from the fifth using that same rhythmic pattern. So I start on the fifth, arpeggio motion down to the third, resolving to scale motion to the ninth, and then I'm going to uh, encircle my B flat with the note A, C, and then the seventh, the note B flat. So the idea when played in time sounds like this. Classic jazz vocabulary. Very nice. So again, let's bring the ensemble in. Let's drop this melodic motif, this improvisational line, this improvisational idea. Let's drop it into a musical context, into a musical setting, and see what we think. Here we go. Let's check it out. Hopefully by this time, now that we're into it, you are starting to feel a little liberated. You're starting to say, hey, wait a minute, I can do this. I can, I can use this approach and start developing jazz vocabulary. I can start uh, finding, discovering my musical ideas. And indeed you can. Absolutely you can. So now let's move on to the seventh of the sound, to the note B flat. And now I'm going to reverse uh, the rhythmic pattern. I'm going to play the, place the eighth notes on counts one and two, followed by quarter notes on counts three and four. So the rhythmic pattern now sounds like this. One and two and three, four. Okay. The melodic idea, the improvisational line that comes out of that is going to be this. Again, classic jazz vocabulary. One more time. So what am I doing? I'm using, uh, starting on that B flat, I'm going to encircle the root, the C, right away. So I'm going to play a B natural, followed by the note D, resolving to the tonic, to the note C. And then straight arpeggio motion up to the fifth. So the idea is this. Again, classic jazz vocabulary. Let's bring the ensemble in. Let's drop it into a musical context and see what we think. Here we go. start developing your melodic ideas, discovering your improvisational lines, your jazz vocabulary, if you employ a, a systematic, a formulaic, methodical approach like we're doing today. As you can tell, this is very different than doodling. We're not just simply sitting at the piano doodling, hoping, hoping 
to discover something that sounds good. And then only after discovering something that sounds good, we have no idea what we just did. So we cannot, we cannot replicate it from chord to chord or from sound to sound. Not a great approach. Again, randomness is never, never a very efficient or effective approach to utilize in hopes of developing your jazz piano skills. Just, it's just not going to happen. So now, let's stay on the seventh, same rhythmic pattern. One and two and three, four. The melodic idea, the improvisational line that comes from that that I'm going to play is this. Pretty straightforward. Using scale motion from the seventh down to the fifth. And then I'm going to encircle the third with the D natural, followed by the F, resolving to the E flat. So in time, one more time. Nice idea. Again, classic jazz vocabulary. Let's bring the ensemble in. Let's place it into a musical setting, into a musical context, and see what we think. Here we go. Time to move to the upper extensions of the sound. So now we're going to start our uh, rhythmic ideas and improvisational lines and ideas from the 9th, the 11th, and the 13th. So we start with the 9th, the note D. Now my rhythmic pattern is going to place a quarter note on count 1, and then a pair of eighth notes on count 2, a pair of eighth notes on count 3, and a pair of eighth notes on count four. So the rhythmic pattern sounds like this. One, two, and three, and four, and. That's the rhythmic pattern. The improvisational line, the improvisational idea, is this. Very Keith Jarrett-like. Starting on the ninth, on the D, eighth notes uh, for the rest of the line, starting on E flat using scale motion to the fifth. No, I'm sorry, scale motion to the sixth or the thirteenth. And then I'm going to encircle the seventh from that A up to the C, resolving to the seventh to the note B flat. So I get this. Starting on the 9th, scale motion to the 13th, and circling the 7th. Very nice. Let's bring the ensemble in. Let's place it into a musical context and see what we think. Here we go. So we're going to stay on that ninth, right? Here's the rhythmic pattern. 
again, counting it. One, two, and three, and four, and. Now, the improvisational line or melodic idea that I'm going to play coming from that or utilizing that rhythmic pattern, I'm going to start on my ninth, scale motion down to the 13th, down to the note A. And now I'm going to use F sharp and A to circle the fifth. Just like that. So in time, the melodic idea sounds like this. Once again, again, classic jazz vocabulary. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's place it into a musical context and see what we think. Here we go. Let's check it out. Absolutely love it. Okay, on to the 11th we go. So the 11th being the note F, we're going to now just reverse our rhythmic pattern. We're going to play eighth notes on a pair of eighth notes on count one, a pair of eighth notes on count two, a pair of eighth notes on count three, followed by a quarter note on count four. So the rhythmic pattern sounds like this. Or one and two and three and four. The improvisational line, the improvisational idea that I'm going to play utilizing that pattern sounds like this. Very nice. Scale motion from the 11th to the 13th. Now I'm going to circle my B flat. And then I'm going to use an interval of a fourth up to E flat, resolving a half step down to the ninth. So here it is, and here's the melodic idea in time. Very nice. One more time. Very cool. So now let's bring the ensemble in. Let's drop it into a musical context and see what we think. Here we go. Check it out. That little interval of a fourth that I dropped in there on that line, that has a nice, it's refreshing, right? Because it's a different, it's a different sound than just moving in, in straight scale motion or arpeggio motion based on thirds. And we'll be dealing with melodic ideas, building uh, melodic ideas using force in upcoming podcast episodes. So that's just a little teaser there. So now we're going to stay with the 11th again, and we're going to stay with the same a melodic pattern. Again, if I count it, one and two and three and four. My melodic idea, my improvisational idea line sounds like this. So I'm starting on that 11th on the note F. I'm using arpeggio motion down to the seventh. So I'm going 11, nine, seven. 
F, D, B flat. Then I'm going to play the note A, the 13th. So I got a little scale motion there. And now I'm going to encircle the fifth using F sharp, A, and G. So that the improvisational line in time sounds like this. One more time. Very nice. So once again, let's bring the ensemble back in. Let's place it into a musical context, into a musical setting, and see what we think. Here we go. ascending and descending improvisational lines and ideas from the root, from the third, from the fifth, from the seventh, from the ninth, and from the eleventh. So on to the thirteenth we go. So the rhythmic pattern, eighth notes, all the way across, all the way through the entire measure. Eighth notes on counts one, two, three, and four. So the rhythmic pattern sounds like this. If I count it, one and two and three and four and my ascending improvisational line, improvisational idea launching from the 13th is going to sound like this. Very nice. So what's going on? I'm encircling my B flat right from the very beginning. I'm playing note A, C, B flat. Scale motion from my 7th, from my B-flat, up to my E-flat, to my 3rd. And then arpeggio motion from my 3rd to my 5th, to my B-flat. Just like that. So that line in time sounds like this. Once again. Again, very Keith Jarrett-like. So let's bring the ensemble in. Let's hear it in a musical setting, within a musical setting, and see what we think. Here we go. Check it out. So now we have our final improvisational line, improvisational idea for today. Again, on the uh, launching from the 13th, from the A, using all eighth notes, the rhythmic pattern sounds like this. Again, one and two and three and four and. My improvisational idea is going to sound like this. Very cool. So what's happening? Starting on my 13th, my A, ascending motion, half-step motion or scale motion up to the B flat. Now I'm going to encircle my fifth using the F sharp and A, and now I'm going to encircle my third using the D and the F. So I have two enclosures in here. Again, very classic jazz vocabulary. 
So let's bring the ensemble in one last time. Let's place this improvisational idea, this improvisational line using all eighth notes into a musical context, into a musical setting. Here we go. Let's check it out. As always, we have unpacked a ton of information today. We have un unpacked a ton of information in just two very short months. My objective over the past two months was to successfully lead you to today's Jazz Piano Skills lesson. And the objective of today's lesson was to illustrate for you how to successfully construct improvisational lines, improvisational ideas that embody the stylistic elements used by professional jazz musicians like Keith Jarrett. I hope that I have successfully illuminated for you the importance of knowing your arpeggios and scales, both conceptually and physically. To know to see arpeggios and scales as shapes, shapes that are built from the primary tones of a musical sound, the root, the third, the fifth, the seventh. I hope that I have helped you discover how jazz musicians approach the ornamentation, the camouflaging of arpeggios and scales so that they do not sound like arpeggios and scales. And today... My intention was to help you become comfortable with constructing authentic jazz improvisational lines, ideas, throughout the entire range of a musical sound, from the root all the way to the 13th. Without a doubt, this has been a whirlwind trip over the past two months that has covered quite a few essential jazz piano skills. So I would definitely encourage you to revisit each podcast episode several times to help you thoroughly digest the concept, the skills. I would also encourage you to actively, actively use the podcast packets for each of the podcast episodes, the illustrations, the lead sheets, the play along. Download that material and use it, actively use it. These educational tools can be downloaded and used when practicing, and I promise you they will help you maximize your musical growth, your jazz growth, growth, and transform your playing. Remember, good old-fashioned grunt work always, always produces the greatest results. Well, I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring Keith Jarrett exercises, part two, that strategically explore an entire sound from the root through the 13th. I hope you have found it to be very insightful and, of course, beneficial. Don't forget, if you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, I will see you online Thursday evening at the Jazz Piano Skills Masterclass, 8 p.m. Central Time to discuss this podcast episode lesson and Keith Jarrett's exercises in greater detail and to answer any questions that you may have about the study of jazz in general. Again, as a Jazz Panel Skills member, be sure to use the educational podcast packets, the illustrations, the lead sheets, the play-alongs for this podcast lesson, and be sure to use the Jazz Panel Skills curriculum, the courses, to maximize your musical growth. Likewise, 
Make sure you are an active participant in the Jazz Piano Skills community. Get involved and contribute to the various forums. Make some new jazz piano friends. Always a great thing to do. And as always, you can reach me by phone, 972-380-8050. My extension is 211. By email, Dr. Lawrence, drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com. Or by SpeakPipe, found throughout the Jazz Piano Skills website. Well, there's my cue. That's it for now. And until next week, enjoy Keith Jarrett's Exercises Part 2. Enjoy the journey, and most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano.